has been three years since we moved to Japan. Wow. Just, wow, three years. I can hardly believe it. Feels like 10 years sometimes, and <laughs> it feels like 10 months sometimes, but three years. We left America on March 22nd of 2020, actually our sixth wedding anniversary. We kind of didn't realize until we were in the middle of LAX airport on a layover that it was our anniversary. But um, if you've listened to the episodes about our moving story, you know that we left the U.S. in quite a um, hurried tizzy, you might say. We had originally bought tickets in February 2020 to leave the U.S. in April of 2020. But there was this strange virus thing going around and travel between countries was starting to look like it might become difficult for a couple months. So we moved up our tickets by just over a month from the original purchase date to March 22nd. This gave us about a week to say goodbye to everybody that we knew, but actually we couldn't meet with anybody and we weren't even able to attend the last Sunday service at our church. This was kind of a big deal for us. It would be for anybody who's leaving a church family to move to another country. Um, my husband had been on staff for years at that point, and we had been attending this church for nearly a decade. Um, I'm actually still saddened, even to this day, that we didn't get to give proper goodbyes before we left the U.S., but we knew that we needed to leave or we might miss our chance to go for months, perhaps. Turns out it would have been like two years had we not left. <laughs> we did not know that at the time, though. So anyway, we flew from Oklahoma City to LAX. We get on the flight to Japan out of LAX. And we're waiting for our layover at a quiet gate that wasn't being used. And my husband and I looked at each other. We're like, oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> then one of us joked like, hey, let's take a trip to Japan to celebrate our anniversary. <laughs> I think I have a picture of us in LAX with masks on um, in that moment where we realized it was our anniversary. Man, I am so glad that we moved up those tickets. We had no clue at all that the country would be essentially closed to foreigners for two whole entire years. Um, at the time, we figured kind of like the rest of the world, like a few months at most. I don't know when we stopped saying this, but for a while we said, um, and then we we're moving to Japan right in the middle of the pandemic. But maybe like a year or two into it, we were like, oh, that wasn't the middle of the pandemic. That was definitely the very, very beginning stages. But man, there were so many rules and um, like quote, quote unquote recommendations that the Japanese government said its citizens should do. Um, and they actually didn't have like a legal uh, grit per se. Um, they were just all recommendations. So it wasn't like you would get thrown in jail or fined or something if you didn't uh, adhere to the recommendations. In fact, in some cases, I heard that the punishment for disobeying some of the recommendations would be that your name was published in a newspaper saying that you did not adhere to the recommendations, <laughs> which to my American ears sounded like a completely useless tactic. I get that. But um, I didn't realize that even though I had heard the term honor shame culture enough times, I actually had no clue of the implications of it. Okay, so like let's take masks, for example. The government recommended that people wear masks pretty much from the get-go, right? First, let me just mention that nobody here was in a tizzy at all about being asked to put on, on a mask. It was really fascinating to have just left America 
and then watch America from afar during this time. And I'm not standing here saying I'm pro-mask, anti-mask. I know in the States this was a really touchy subject. I'm just saying that the juxtaposition of being in a country where everyone said, okay, sure, to a recommendation, and seeing the country where everyone says, yes, I will, or no, I won't, and you better daggum let me, and actually you should do what I'm doing, you dummy. That's kind of how I saw it go over with a few people. I'm painting with broad strokes here, clearly. It was just such a different experience. And man, 95% of the people that I see still wear masks outside even today, even though the government has been saying for nearly a year that it's not necessary to have them outside. And actually just two weeks ago, they said you also don't need them inside, but everybody is still wearing masks. That's another topic, I guess. We moved back to the moving story. We moved to a new country and actually it was it was really hard for two years. There were some really beautiful moments sprinkled in, praise be to God. But um, it was tricky and our faith has definitely been made stronger. I used to love the song um, Oceans by Hillsong, another touchy subject apparently, but just hear me out on this. One line says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wonder that my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And somewhere in the chaos of moving a one and a three-year-old to a notably isolated and lonely country, even without corona um, or COVID or whatever. But then we were in Japan during COVID and I realized God, um, actually, I didn't mean that. Um, I didn't actually want you to lead me out <laughs> deeper than my faith could ever wonder, that my faith would be made stronger. Um, I didn't actually want that. So I don't want to be totally reliant on you. I don't want to be made aware of your glory and my weakness and your kindness to save people and how you can provide in the midst of hardship because I don't want to be in hardship. I kind of want to do it all on my own and be capable of all things with just my own strength. Amen. (laughs) But wow, has the Lord been so faithful. We're getting into a rhythm of life here. We kind of get the school system now. I'm not reusing face towels on my kids' bottoms anymore, at least not that I know of. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go listen to the episode right before this one about schools and you'll hear the whole story. We're learning daily little bits about how to lean on God and put into practice his commands of loving one another and forgiving one another and taking care of each other. Our church home has become a church family. We terribly miss our home back in the States. And there's not a single day that goes by that I don't think of my parents and my siblings. I miss them so much. And yet here we are. When we considered moving, a lot of people would say things like, man, I wish I could be as sure as you guys are about God's call on your life. I always laughed at this kind of comment because it's certainly not like we heard the voice of God saying, go to Japan. Oh man, like what I would not have done for just one little bush to be on fire, not burning up, talking to me, telling me where to go. Like how Moses got, right? That would have made it so easy. At least I think it would have made it so easy. I guess if you keep reading Moses' story and you see him doubt and get angry and really screw up, we see that even talking to God face to face doesn't make obeying him simple, I guess. Sure, Moses got to raise his staff and a huge river completely parted and over a million people got to walk to safety away from the Egyptians. 
if you haven't read that story, I think it's in Genesis, Exodus. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's just, it's incredible. But for us, it was less like boldly walking through a dried up river and more like asking God, hey, I think we'll take this next step because it seems like it's where you're leading us. So if this isn't where you want us to go, would you please close the door? And then not only was the door opened, but it was almost like when we would walk through it, there was just this peace and this logistical, tactical, almost like clarity about that having been the next right step. And so what a joy. It's been hard, but we've seen God at work. We've seen him provide and change lives and create homes for those without homes. He's turned shame and confusion into victory and glory. He's come near the brokenhearted. He's calmed the anxious. He's done what he said he would do. And so what else can I do but worship him? Imperfectly, of course, I'm not Jesus. No one in the church is perfect. If you've been hurt by someone in the church, first, I'm so, so sorry being hurt by someone in a church context can actually be one of the deepest cuts in our hearts. Second, if you've been hurt by someone in the church, I would ask you to please find a way to see, is that person or are those people the perfect image of God? Of course, I think the answer is no. I hope you think about it and also conclude no, that Jesus is the only one who is the perfect image image of God because he is God. He is the only one who never sinned. And so the whole basis of Christianity isn't founded on how good the folks are that love Jesus, but rather how wonderful Jesus is and how he loves the folks like you and me anyway. Oh, that we, oh, that I would be able to know, like know all the way down into my bones, the goodness and faithfulness and beauty of the God of the Bible. That each of my days over the next three years, no matter what country my feet may be in, that each of my days would be spent soaking up and spilling out with worship and freedom and hope that is in Christ. That all people would know that there is a way for lives to be full and free and whole. That you, that you would know. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Bike Chats with an Expat. I'm Lacey, an expat. In my early days of living in Japan, I would use my short morning commute on my bicycle to call friends and family back in the States. And that time was such salve for my soul. And now I want to share that time with you, except maybe not on a bicycle because that would be a little windy. I'll see you next time. Bye.